All right, gentlemen. Are we ready? You may file when ready. Engage. Wrong franchise. Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. I am your host, the Jedi Master, Neil Cordray. I am joined this week by... Mike, you first. Scruffy-looking nerf herder, Mike. And? Wookie. Yeah. It's like, you, you get, like, what, two or three episodes a, a, a year where you're actually just, like, actually thematic? Yeah, usually about one. <laughs> one or two, yeah. All right, uh, so obviously we're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, episode uh, eight, I guess it was. Yes. Uh, standard yep. format, no spoilers, spoilers. Um, also, of course, This Week in Geek and Spoiler of the Week. But first, a quick thing to, po- pay, to point out. Um, this is the first episode that we are recording remotely, so the audio quality is going to be a little bit weird for everyone who's not me because I'm the only one with a really good microphone. Um, sorry. We are recording this actually on our Discord server, which gives me an opportunity to say we have a Discord server. If you would like to join us, plug be with you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if you would like to join our Discord server, which will become be becoming more robust as time progresses, um, we will. I'll put a link to uh, to an invite on our Facebook pa- uh, group page to sort of cro- uh, cross and counter uh, promote and all that good fun stuff. So yeah. Um, Wookie and Mike are recording on just, I think, headset microphones because that's the best we got for them. Me, I get to record on the same microphone we always use because it's USB compatible. Yay! <laughs> Huzzah. Um, also, no Ben tonight because Ben hasn't had a chance to see the movie yet. So, yeah. And as for why we're recording remotely, it was mostly because we d- couldn't find a good time to get together, all of us, together this week, so... Yeah. All right. Because life. Because life, indeed. Because reasons that were bleeped out of the last episode. Mysterious. <laughs> Alien. Yes. All right, so uh, this week in Geek, we got a couple things. Big thing on my radar. I also put it on our Facebook page. Uh, trailer drop for Alita Battle Angel, which I am incredibly hyped for. Battle Angel Alita, also known as Gundream, also known as Gunnam, is one of my favorite anime. And I will admit, I prefer the name Alita to Galley, so I may be slightly <laughs> Western in my particular opinions. Um, How but, dare you, you person who lives in the heart of America. <laughs> <laughs> and who read and who read the, uh, the actual U.S. print, uh, the U.S., uh, legal, like legal printed medium first, as opposed to the scanlations that used the name that was used in Japan. Um, <laughs> Indeed. The yeah, I've I've been following this movie since the director first said he was interested in doing it. He was a huge fan. Well, isn't it uh, isn't it James Cameron? Yes. Who like the main reason he made um, Avatar was because it was a tech demo for this movie. Uh, that was part of it. Yeah. <laughs> wow! Talk yeah. about uh, talk about hyping it up. It's like 
you guys remember that big blockbuster movie that cost a zillion dollars and made a zillion more? Yeah, that was Only, just a tech demo for this. Yeah, you remember the <laughs> highest grossing movie of all time? <laughs> I, w- I really made it so that I would have good technology to make this movie I've always wanted to make. <laughs> um, I really... Yeah, to be fair, he's also said he's going to make like 50 more Avatar movies, so who knows? Yeah, well, that's because that's where the money's at. Uh but I'm super excited because it looks like he actually does care about the source material because I I felt his uh, his junkyard um, in that trailer. Yes, the junkyard, or sorry, I think it's the scrapyard, junkyard. I, now I can't remember. Well, shit, and I called myself a fan. Uh, it is all. Yeah, I'm sorry, it was the scrapyard, not the junkyard. But... Mm. <laughs> I do... I, I felt that, and I liked how Alita was very Uncanny Valley, but I, but I felt like that was on purpose. Yeah. I had a friend who was like, I don't like this, she's the only one who looks different. That's kind it's of like, the yes. point. <laughs> that is the whole point. <laughs> she is... <laughs> a complete android whereas most people at least have their face i mean the other yeah. guy the guy who was playing um who, who was being the stand-in for um i can't think of his name either it's been a while since i've read it i'm sorry I'm so excited he's forgotten all the names it's been most a while. of them are cyborgs though rather than fully right? yeah um, and the guy who's playing the villain who look who you know looked like you know just a face over a bunch of things Zapan, yeah. that's his name. That was still his face. It was just stretched over a robot, uh, a robot thing. So yeah, Zapan's face has always been his face until he gets the berserker body, in which case then it stops being his face. But I don't think we're gonna get that far. So it's supposed to cover, I think, the first four. First four? Okay. I think so. So that'll just take her up through beating the shit out of Zapan the first time before even <laughs> she gets the berserker body. Um. Which, anyway, <laughs> I, sorry, I, I, am, I know I, I know I, the I plot, know. even if I can't remember people's names, but and I am super psyched and super hype. Um, who else got stuff? The mouse ate the fox. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, ate most of the fox and then, you know, there's leftovers in the fridge. Yeah. Uh, the, the U.S. government is investigating the mur- the uh, acquisition, but that happens all the time. Yeah, anytime, I don't think it's going to interfere. I don't think right. so in this particular case. Anytime one giant company buys another giant company, there's always an investigation by the FTC. Um, a lot of people were worried that uh, Disney getting a hold of Deadpool was going to affect its future. Kevin Feige and uh, Marvel already stepped forward and said, Deadpool, as far as we're concerned, can stay rated R. It's true for the character, so why bother fixing it or changing? Yeah, well, money talks, and it made a lot of it money. It made a so shit ton of money. And honestly, he's the only character that they would not have to reboot if they bring everything into the Marvel universe because they could just drop him into the MCU, and he can make comments like, "You know, one ever since the mouse took over, you all have changed." <laughs> yeah, and nobody <laughs> well, else would I mean, get it by him. Yeah, his thing is his movie was so standalone. You know, <laughs> you know, he could really plug and play Deadpool. And You're going to talk to the professor. Guys. Which one, McAvoy or Stewart? Yeah. These timelines yeah. are confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, 
Um, so yeah, the the mouse ate the fox. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard, but it's kind of a big deal. So yeah, just to elaborate on that a bit, um, the the theory is that you know it'll be somewhere in the neighborhood of like uh, a year to two years before all that stuff is all ironed out as far as like the regulatory review and all that stuff. So I mean, Pretty, yes, it's happening, yeah. but you know it'll be a little while before we see concrete results of that. Pretty much just in time for Marvel's next phase, because we still have to wait for the fourth Avengers. Yeah. It is funny, though, that they did all this investing in the whole, like, Inhumans concept, and it's just like, psych, we're just going to take the X-Men anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the Inhumans flopped anyhow, so. Yeah. Well, well, they've still been using the Inhuman concept in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, but now when they flashpoint after, uh, after, um... Yeah, after the, the Infinity too. War, they could, yeah, they could totally bring in mutants and explain it easily after the Infinity War. Yeah, have it be a result of the Infinity War. Thanos messing with the reality gem. There are infinite possibilities. Indeed. Uh, got about another five minutes in this segment, because we're trying to keep to a more regimented time okay. scale because episodes. Um, any, anybody else got anything newsworthy? Yeah, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, this is related to what we're going to be talking about, but the tomato score for The Last Jedi is somewhere in the 90s. 93%. Mm-hmm. And the and fan score is like 50. Yeah, they found out why. <laughs> review bombs? Uh, review bots specifically to bash the movie. Like people making dozens of fake accounts just to bash the movie. Wow, that's pathetic. Why? The dark side. I mean, it's because we are in an era of internet troll. Yeah, I guess, but the troll awakens. I mean, some of the uh, some of the critics. I read some of the the user reviews on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and I understand why some people are not happy. Yeah, um, I disagree, but I understand. But. but- other other sites that do reviews instead of it being submitted online, they actually go to theaters and say, "Hey, how'd you like the movie?" And mm-hmm. then they post those results. Yeah, uh, those more align with what the tomato score. Was. Yeah, that's because it's a really damn good movie. But we're getting we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> we got about five minutes left. Uh, we got enough time for the spoiler of the week and the cocktail of the week. Um, I had a thing real quick. Oh, yeah, you got a thing? Go thing. Go with the thing. What's the thing? I was just uh, not a whole lot to it. It's just fun and amusing. <clears throat> um, those who have heard of Ghost Recon Wildlands, that's the latest um, third-person The one that looks I, stupid? I think might do first-person as well, the open-world Ghost Recon game that came out yeah. Uh, yeah. in the last year or so. Uh, they revealed a time-limited free DLC where they bring in the Predator for oh, yeah. Alien <laughs> Predator fame. <laughs> And you like have a special game where you either solo or with other people have to hunt the predator who's hunting you. And there's all these predator themed things like customization items, like special weapons and a signature close combat move and stuff like that. And uh, a class of soldier inspired by Dutch, aka Arnold's character in the original movie. A lot of really interesting stuff that I was just kind of like, huh, didn't see that one coming, but good on them. Cool. (laughs) Well, nice. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, spoiler of the week. Um, Son Don is actually a rebel. Gasp. There's a deep cut for you. 
Dun, dun, dun. That's more like a puzzle of the week. It's like, there, go, go untangle that. Kind of. <laughs> Which, I mean, the be- I feel like the best spoilers of the week are. Um, <laughs> and also, the drink of the week. I'm not drinking right now. I, I did a lot of drinking yesterday, and I don't want to today. Um, but I did have a cocktail when I went and saw the, f- the film at Alamo Drafthouse, even though it was 8.30 in the morning, because why not? <laughs> Um, and what I had was a The Sage Continues, which was a mix of gin and a blackberry liqueur, as well as some pineapple juice, and uh, and then garnished with muddled sage. It was quite nice. Cool. Um, not sure it was worth the $12 I paid for it, but Alamo <laughs> Draft House cocktail prices, so, meh. <laughs> All right. Um, now... I am going to pause this re- this thing so I can go get something to drink, like water or something, because my throat is dry, and then we will proceed. I will be right back. <laughs> I got the check. Like I got I got the chuckle there, so we're good. Um, all right. So standard rules apply. No spoilers. First, we will talk about the Force Awakens. Is this last one? We talked about that last year. Um, I don't think anyone would care about spoilers for that one anymore. Uh, but we'll talk about The Last Jedi. Um, I liked it quite a bit. Um, as was evidenced by the video thing I did right after seeing it, that I will also always advertise that I do, because otherwise no one watches them. Um, <laughs> um, there were a couple times where I was moved to tears by the beauty of things which does not happen with me very often. Well, I figured that I, I figured that you would uh, like it overall, but I didn't know if you'd like it quite a bit, so I'm pleasantly uh, surprised <laughs> to hear that. Hey, that's high praise coming from me. It is. Well, actually, just saying you liked it is high praise, really. <laughs> well, I was pretty much doomed to like it. I really I liked the first one, and that was just a rehash of The New Hope. I, I thought you were a little more uh, lukewarm on that one. Mm, no, not really. I mean... No pun intended. It was a rehash of A New Hope. Yeah, but at the same time... You put on top of our tree. <laughs> but... It, a, a porg? I think I saw that, yeah. At the same time, though, with... Um, uh, did I lose audio again? You might oh, have. We can, you. we can hear you, but I'm not sure if you can hear us. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. We could hear you that whole time. Yeah, that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. You guys can hear me, but I can't hear you. So occasionally, by the way, Wookie may have to drop in and out, which is why you'll hear the because you're recording actually what my speakers are hearing. Well, you, can, you can disable that sound. Yeah, but I'm too lazy to do so. Next time. <laughs> in any case... That's what's going on. Wookie apparently uh, has has to sometimes disconnect and reconnect because he can't hear us. Live, everybody! Except <laughs> only for us, because you're not getting this live, but whatever, shut up. <laughs> live, Anywho. in air quotes that you can't see. So, uh, Wookie, I'll, I'll pass it over to you next, since um, you know I'm pretty sure you have similar feelings since you've seen it twice, yes? So I didn't even know we started talking about it yet. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring it to speed. Neil liked it a lot. He was even moved to near tears on a few 
a games. couple a couple of yeah. scenes were so were were like the shooting the, the just yeah there were a few for me too i i I saw it twice for a couple of reasons. One was because at Star Wars it was really good, and I really wanted to see it twice. I'm probably going to see it again a second time too. Just I haven't had time. The to other, do. the other was because my girlfriend kept falling asleep, and I missed a few things trying to keep her awake. Oh, now that's just that's too well, bad. She works at like four in the morning every day, so I can't completely blame her, even though it's Star Wars. But yeah. So, but yeah, I loved it. So something that is worth saying here in the non-spoiler territory, um, even though Force Awakens w- really was like just a rehash of uh, of A New Hope, The Last Jedi was definitely not a rehash of Empire Strikes Back. No, it was not. Yeah, uh, it was a very different movie. I mean, there there are a few uh, thematic similarities, but just yeah. you know, in vague senses. Which, of course, you know, if you're if you have a you have a series of movies, there's going to be three of them, and it's the second yeah. one. You're going to have similarities regardless, mm-hmm. just because of the trajectory. And I mean, obviously, I haven't seen whatever episode nine is going to be called, which I'm sure they've already announced the title on. But no, okay, not yet. <laughs> but I do at least right now. I would not be surprised if, as far as the new trilogy goes, this one becomes the empire of this trilogy, which is universe, which is kind of panned by some people initially until you sit back and realize wait a second it's actually the best one in the in the of the three yeah i can see that i can see that being a thing and yeah i i also um echo the sentiments i i really i feel bad for jj see it again aj i feel bad jj abrams (laughs) he's gonna have to try to top this yeah um you know he can jj abrams is a mighty fine director yeah. He's uh, already submitted a script. Well, that's good. Um, what were things I was going to say? I was going to say a thing. <laughs> I don't I don't feel like we really need to go over casting for this movie. Because um, I think we did in, uh, you know, The Force Awakens. Yeah, the only casting, the only new casting is stuff that we'd have to cover in spoiler area. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Um, we might actually not have much to sp- say non- that's non-spoiler. It was really good. Go see it. Don't listen to the users on Rotten Tomatoes. Apparently, they're troll bots. It was good, <laughs> and it gave me practically everything I wanted out of it. Yeah, I, I'd say that's pretty, uh, <clears throat> pretty succinct, uh, accurate summary there. I mean, you know, of course, we can talk about, you know... Um, just kind of general things that you know general uh things to look at in any movie and uh praise them without getting into spoilers like for example uh unsurprisingly the score was amazing john williams yeah it's like uh, it's almost like john williams is the man it's almost like he's been doing this for decades yeah and what's weird is that some of the music in that movie was actually from the prequels well, the pre the music was one of the good things that was in the good in the prequels i know i kind of Still, though. Yeah. <laughs> you still had, because, you know, you still had, of course, John Williams helming it. Yeah. Um, something that I, that, that I feel is not a spoiler, um, although some people may construe it as, I really loved 
the second big massive fight scene, the way, like the color scheme of it, which I don't, which isn't giving anything away, but I liked, uh, I liked the, <laughs> the, I liked the, the way, the, the saturation of hues and the colors in it. Oh, the yeah. one in the trailer. Yeah, the one that was in the trailer too. So it's like yeah, it was great. I with mean, with the with the things with the red with what looked like red smoke coming from behind it, it was just really pretty. Yeah, very very pretty. Yeah, definitely a lot of good visual. Um, that planet is really fun on Battlefront Two. I'll take your word for it because Battlefront Two <laughs> is still made by the devil. <laughs> um. I will say this. Yeah. Um, it, it bears mentioning, <clears throat> as people already know, because this was revealed before it came out, um, two hours and 32 minutes, longest Star Wars movie in history. So, um, uh, Well, I, I mean, we can get into more in spoiler territory, but that, that in and of itself is not a bad thing or a good thing, uh, aside from the fact that one could argue it's more Star Wars, so it's good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do feel that um, it was one of my few criticisms as... It seemed a bit stretched out where there was there was a big aspect of what happened in the movie that didn't seem particularly relevant or consequential in the end. So it could have easily been a shorter, tighter movie with more focus on. Um, you see, I actually characters. completely disagree. Um, I, hey, we we can get into that. Yeah. In the yeah. Spoiler I don't I don't know to which uh, aspect you are specifically <coughs> referring that you thought could have been shorter. Well, I guess, yeah, I can't. That's uh, the problem. Is I, I can't elaborate yeah. until spoilers. And so. we'll get into that in spoilers. But I feel like I. Uh, but I actually really liked its runtime because it, they. I don't feel because nothing. Uh, it, nothing felt rushed. In part of Star Most War- of it didn't feel wasted either. No, nothing. Nothing really felt very particularly wasted to me either. Most of like in the Force Awakens, there were a few things that I felt like really deserved another like five or ten minutes, like Ray <laughs> just suddenly trusting Finn. I don't get me wrong. Like I don't. I don't feel like any of the things that really mattered in the movie were shortchanged. But I just felt like there's also more stuff there that didn't necessarily need to be there. Yeah. So I'm so, glad that they didn't, you know, mm-hmm. short shrift the important stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anyone else have anything else that's not spoilery that we want to say? I want to tear this movie apart in a good way. <laughs> so why? <laughs> no, I mean, I think you know, any anything else, we're just going to be kind of, you know, uh, dancing around things. things. Yeah, so it's like basically it's like you know the skinny is it's a good movie. Go see it in the theater at least once. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will break for music. I'm not sure what sort of music I will get because it's really hard to find something epic enough and uh, also you know Creative Commonsy enough to use. But we'll see. And then we will be back with spoilers. Do 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 do
And we're back. Insert annoying Porg scream here. There will be spoilers <laughs> going forward um, for the movie. I prefer the rug one, Claxton. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, hey. <laughs> or maybe I should play uh, Star Trek's Red Alert noise just to just to break bra- geeks' brains. Uh, in any case, or I could just talk about it, and, and I think we've probably hung enough of a lampshade at this point. Um, I could drive a porg if you want a porg sound. No, that's a, that's okay. <laughs> that's, that is okay. Okay, so going forward, there will be spoilers. Um, so let, let's just pick up where we left off. Mike, what were you talking about that you felt like was was too long okay so and this is one of my main criticisms of the movie <clears throat> their little side quest and when i say there i mean uh finn and the new character who i really enjoyed the yeah, performance of by the way uh kelly murray tran plays rose tico in the movie um and basically her introduction is she's a mechanic who uh is very taser happy um <laughs> in a good way because she's keeping people from, i can't you know, feel my teeth stuff <laughs> that's, I, by the way, just I want to take a moment to, to just kind of say that I feel like that's kind of an interesting uh, microcosm of the whole concept of don't meet your heroes, where it's like she's like, oh hey, you're that famous, you're that legendary resistance fighter, that heroic, and then she like slowly dawns on her that he's just trying to get the hell out of dodge, and she tases him. <laughs> I, I can't feel my moment. teeth. Was just a great line too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good stuff. But anyway, my my thing was they did something that basically it's kind of like you know how everyone talks about uh, Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark, how Indiana Jones was completely secondary to the events in a way because it would have all just happened the way it happened because they would have opened the ark and then everyone would have died and the end, you know. I kind of felt that way about that side quest of theirs, but like, oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get this master codebreaker guy, but then they couldn't, and then they got captured and betrayed, and yada yada yada. And it's like, when it was all said and done, nothing really changed. It didn't really affect it, the plot. It did though. It's it, filler. It, there was a point. The whole point was, um, it was character growth for both Ro- for not for both for Rose, for Finn, and for Poe. Yeah, Poe had a huge bit of character growth throughout the entire movie, and a big part of that was sending them on that mission behind everybody's back. Mm-hmm. And, and Poe was being selfish that entire movie up until what happened on Crate. And Rose wasn't sure... You mean Finn what, was being selfish? Yeah, Finn was being selfish the entire movie up until that moment on Crate. And then Rose was just the mechanic up mm-hmm. until she got to be more there was yeah. the whole thing was character building it allowed it, it, it yeah it allowed us to uh to have your have all, all of our characters take another level in human i can i can understand that but um it did kind of rely on the crutch of characters just not communicating in a basic way to further the plot in a very uh artificial um ham-fisted way because um when finn or not, sorry, not Finn, uh, when Poe was, you know, going into the bridge near the beginning of the movie going, all right, hey, what's going on? And sh- and uh, the vice commander, who was the, the acting person at that point, after all the people got blown up, was just like, hey, you know, get off my, you know, hey, Top Gun, get off my bridge, and that's it. And he kept insisting, instead of just taking the side of moment and going, hey, look, there's a plan. I can't share the plan for everyone. Just trust me. If you trust Leia, you can trust me. And he probably been like, all right. Yeah. But no, because they couldn't just do that and be, 
you know, people with common sense that it's movie land, so we have to have a tragic disconnect for no particular reason so that they can then shoehorn in this big thing. Yeah, uh, she It's because she didn't trust him. She's even said she's seen his type before. She And he just caused a lot of death because of the way he acts. Well, well Miss Riley, Miss Riley, there did not have to bring him in on the plan. Yeah, she doesn't. All that trust. needed to happen would be for the, for their for her to say, "Yes, I have plan. a plan." Exactly. <laughs> because day, all he was asking for plan. was, "Is there a plan?" Right. And she sa- still... and she refused to answer. I do agree with that criticism because I do have a few quick criticisms. Yes, and yes, I I called her Miss Riley because. Is Laura, uh, Laura Dern, who played Miss Riley in October Sky, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, <laughs> I I couldn't see her without thinking of that movie. So see, like, for me, for me, it was Doctor Sattler from Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say she was a botanist. Yeah. I think, in Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, been I mean, in a she lot did, of things. She's great. And again, most of my issues here, <clears throat> none of my issues were with performances. Everyone was great. I think the performances and the casting are spot on. I don't mm-hmm. really have any. Complaints. There's just some of the some of the writing and pacing. Was yeah, there were there were a couple issues that I had with the writing. Let's get into my big issue with the movie because I want to talk about the things I don't like before I talk about all the things that I thought were great. Yeah, because we, we have more than <laughs> enough. Uh, we don't have enough time to rave about it enough. So I think it's fair to get all the criticisms out first. So I really don't like Ray. She is a Mary Sue. See, I felt she was a lot less Mary Sueish in this one. So she has all the superpowers forever with no, with like no training. She she got three lessons from from uh, from uh, from Luke. Luke, and now she can move all of the rocks with her brain forever. To be fair, Kylo also has incomplete training, and also is going off half cocked. Yeah, but he had a lot more incomplete training. But they also and pointed out that she has... Because we don't actually get into that. It doesn't actually establish in this movie in the last one how long he was training under Snoke and under Luke. Like They don't give you any concrete timelines of anything. No, but it's still very heavily implied that he was being trained for a while. Whereas she got two days worth of training and is now super powerful. I would like to point out that Luke also essentially had two days of real training because he trained under <laughs> Obi-Wan for about five minutes and then Obi-Wan was killed. And then he began training under Yoda for, well, it doesn't really determine... About a line, month or two. Uh, according to what? According, calendar? according to the way it was montaged and things along those lines. Okay, well, that's still your subjective interpretation of that. Mm-hmm. It does not actually say how long he trains. And then he goes off half-cocked not fully trained and you know we know the rest of that original trilogy story. but they so, still and it's not that she's it's not that she trains for a couple days and then is all of a sudden powerful luke even speci- says she has a lot of natural power yes yeah. refining the power she has and lifting rocks lifting rocks is one of the most basic things any force user can do okay huge okay, rocks and very many that, that's fair I, I just i i still don't like i feel like ray is very much a Mary Sue, and I'm not too fond of that. I'm willing to forgive it because the actress that they have playing her is really good, but I think she's a very poorly written character. I, I feel like it was a lot. She was a lot, written a lot better in this one, though. Like she actually had, um, yeah, I can give she you. She actually that. had doubt, and she actually had uh, more, you know, um, complicated like concerns and views on things and relationships with the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of 
<clears throat> in this one, it was, and I agree 100% with, with Force Awakens with her being a Mary Sue, because she was. Um, but in this one, it was more about, like, it felt more character-driven instead of just, oh, hey, I can instantly do the things because I'm the powerful person who can do the things. Like, you know, she was there being uh, uh, stubborn, but in a good way, being persistent with Luke and have, helping him kind of pull his hat out of his butt to help do what needed to be done and everything. And, like, those were just, like, her tenacity and her courage to explore the unknown and stuff. Those are just human attributes. You don't have yeah. to be a powerful force user to have those. Her conviction and her uh, courage in the face of all this uncertainty and everything is just a universal thing. It doesn't yeah. have to be a Star Wars-y thing. That's fair. Just, I, I still don't like how... I don't like how very chosen one she feels. Well, see, this is an interesting thing, though, is that, and this is actually an, a very different thing about this movie, is that despite it still having the whole, like, oh, hey, she's still this, like, powerful, like, chosen one in a sense, it also, the way it's directed and written also completely undercuts that. When Luke talks about the nature of the Force and some of the things that they set up in the movie where it's, like, it's a bit of a contradiction in a way because then they're still, like, yeah, and she's powerful and we can't lose her, blah, blah, blah. But it, there's a lot of themes about, like, the force being with everyone and like um, people stepping up and stuff. And it's not, it's not quite as, because again, um, this is a whole nother can of worms, but just to give you an example, there's all this speculation between movies about Ray's parents and all this, ooh, da, da, da. And then assuming Kyle is telling the truth, Kyle's just like, yeah, your parents are a couple of drunks and abandoned you and you're just in denial about that. And it's like, psych, oh, that was all BS. You know, there wasn't some secret special lineage there. Which was great. I liked that. A I love. I love that too. I loved it too. I could feel the tears. You know, I could feel the fanboy tears. <laughs> hey, you I mean like, she's boy. not Obi Wan's secret daughter? <laughs> and it wasn't Kylo who even said it. It was her. She knew it. He, he said, "You know, you've known it all along, and just didn't want to admit it." And then she right. said it first that they were nobody, and then he clarified. Right. Yeah, which is interesting. What she was talking about. That's also kind of a thematic callback to the original trilogy, where like, you know, <clears throat> um, Luke somehow always knew that there's this connection with Darth Vader in him, and how Leia somehow always knew, which makes the case. I think I just saw the audio again. Give me just a second. That okay. she was, you know, Luke's uh, sister and all that. So yeah. the nice thing is, if we continue to talk continuously, then you know when you lose audio because suddenly you stop hearing us. So yes, I'm back. <laughs> yeah so anyway other yeah criticisms let's let's get them out let's hear them mary sue was one so uh I that still, was really about I my only main critique. That. <laughs> that was pretty much my only main critique i critique i still don't like how important ray is in the grand scheme of things so, uh Snoke pretty much explains Ray as he told Kylo I warned you that with as you grew in power somebody from the light would also grow yeah. to match you so would your opposite that's kind of cool and he thought it would be Luke and was wrong right so let's talk about uh, about supreme uh, supreme leader Snoke <laughs> <laughs> You mean Supreme that, Leader joke? Yes, thank you. I thought, I thought what Kylo did to him was brilliant. Oh, God, it was so great. It was there fantastic were, and hilarious. It, 
Yeah. It kind of reminded me of in the EU of how uh, Boba Fett trained Jaina to take out Jedi. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, you, you've told the story once or twice. We don't. I don't think we need to get it repeated here. Yeah, but I wasn't planning to. Uh, I just when he when yeah. he did that, it just do what people me are for. That. Yeah, do also, you do what is completely unexpected. Yeah, well, it's such a poetic thing because. Um, you know, uh, Snoke was all smug about, yes, my deception has now gotten me the ends that I want. And then Kylo was actually underplaying his hand and used the very same concept of the deception and misdirection of the well, Force and, to end him. That and I love how um, he, he just, he gets killed completely ignominiously in the second movie. It's like... Right. <laughs> just, yeah. oh yeah, this this guy who we've kind of built up to be I can't be betrayed. <laughs> this guy that we've kind of built up to be Palpatine 2.0 just gets gets yeah. chump killed. Pride cometh before the fall. <laughs> yeah. He's was... supposed to be more powerful than Vader and Palpatine. Yeah, but he gets chump killed by well, Where is that established though that he's more powerful? Uh, Some of the writing yeah, Ryan said it in an interview that he's... But in the actual movies, though, Wookiee, does it ever explicitly or even imply that? Uh, I can't think of anything. No, it hasn't actually said it in the movies. See, I think those are just expectations and interpretations and, you know, hearing things like... I, th- I think the fact that, um, if you think about it, the fact that Palpatine didn't even know he existed is... And a hint of it, because he is older Maybe. than the em- he's older than the Empire. Uh, I mean, you know, it gets still. it gets dicey when you get but, into that stuff. Because I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just is, is an omniscient. Mm-hmm. You know, my my only thing was, come on, this character who it's it's <laughs> just that he was built he, he is he was built up and established to be the big ba- the the big bad to Kylo's dragon. From the first movie, kind of like the Emperor was, right? Um, and then he just gets he gets he gets off like a chump, and it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> I, yeah. After what happened with Darth Maul, I'm not totally convinced Snoke's gone. I'm pretty convinced. I did kind of think that uh, that going with the Supreme Leader is dead. Long live the Supreme Leader! Is kind of uh, and I kind of—I've always liked that particular bit of parlance, but at the same time, I felt like it was a little ham-fisted. But then that yeah. fight with the with the red guards. Oh yeah, God, that was so great. With the crimson guard—that was fantastic. It was so satisfying because for decades you have seen those guys to be like, "What is their deal? I want to see them mix mix it up," you know. And you finally got to see that. And uh, one of the weapons that they had made me think of Soul Calibur. Yeah, it was very Ivy esque, wasn't it? Blade Whip. Yeah, the Ivy was like, I, 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 if if I had, I, I the next time that I see that movie, it would, like if I watch it in my own house, afterwards I because I'm not too, um, I'm not too proud to riff even good movies. I will say this battle strengthens the soul of uh, at the end of it just because <laughs> well, when they, when they uh, open the, when the lift opens up it should be like welcome back to the stage of history yeah <laughs> uh, but I mean they but getting to see Kylo and Ray kick 12 flavors of ass was great 
Um, yeah, that yeah. Was pretty oh, and epic. they do they do a good job in that scene of showing the actual difference in skill level between Kylo and Ray. Mm-hmm. Ray has a lot of trouble just one on one with those guys, and Kylo's taking on three at a time and doing yeah, a damn was, good yeah, job I mean, at he, it. Kylo's just like and that would, that would sync up Sorry. with the whole more training thing, right? Yeah. Is he was a lot more. He seemed a lot yeah. more confident in what he was doing. I mean, if you think that about was really awesome, if you think about it, the re- the other reason the, ev- uh, the I do have a point of, of evidence that I can point to for why Kylo we can say had more training. He had a lightsaber, which yeah, admittedly, um, we're not talking um, EU isn't really re- a real thing, but um, construction of a lightsaber is not something you do early in your training. No. And Luke would have started training him at a young age. Yeah, if he was going to train him at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess those are those Too are too old solid to begin the training. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so what brought me to tears? The space battle at the beginning was so good. Yeah, it was. The just just the opening one. You mean? Yeah, the opening space oh, battle so was so amazing. Just, it was so pretty and so well shot. And <laughs> I, I was giggling like a like a schoolgirl through most of it. I will say this um, <clears throat> that because we're talking about the beginning of the movie. Um, I, I'm not sure how I feel about the the little, you know, I'll, oh, I'll hold gag there. Like, it was kind of funny, but it was also just kind of ham-fisted, and it's like, uh, I'm kind of, General Hux is just a cartoon character that's there to get bagged on by everyone, and it just seems a little, like, yeah, what like the- right, I, got a, I got enough of that in the first one, all right? I don't need, yeah. I don't need that whole, like, gag for, like, another entire movie that's, you know. General spe- Huck needs to get, just someone needs, Kylo needs to kill him. And promote I mean, someone who's confident, like, on, who, who's not confident, but competent, please. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for Hux because um, if you read about the formation of the First Order after the Battle of Jakku, um, a bunch of people who wanted to rebuild but in a better way took a bunch of resources left over from the Empire, took off to the Unknown Regions, and started building the First Order. And among them was a young Hux... Um, Snoke and a few other people. So Hux was there from the beginning, and gets treated like that. He yeah. was one of the people who helped form the First Order. That's how it works. Is you know all the and uh, I lost all the average all the average people. Well, we'll wait for you. Machine. Yeah. Don't get don't get their their due, and then some Sith or Dark Jedi or whatever just kind of waltzes in and goes, all right, yeah, I'm going to take all the credit now. Yeah. So, um, let, let and thing that also occurred to me to talk about, uh, let's attack one of the things that people liked to complain about, which was, <laughs> why is the First Order suddenly all-powerful? Um, my opinion there was that um, they were already pretty much all-powerful at the time yeah. of... At, at, in the first movie. They oh, had yeah. a giant fleet. They had... Hundreds of stormtroopers. The resistance was a rebellion. Uh, the other thing right. that people complained about was now they're calling themselves the rebellion again. Well, yeah, 
because they're not the main source of power. Ostensibly, yeah. yes, maybe there is still an imperial, there, there's still a senate, but you know what? There was still a senate while the emperor was around, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. the, the First Order was secretly amassing an army and while the Republic was in power, and then they destroyed the Republic, and now there was no one to stop them except the Resistance. Yeah. They, res- they they destroy and, and Starkiller base took out their the capital and the and I want to say like their major military um, installation because they had one and yeah all you had was whatever fleet happened to still be around that is that that is the complaint that everyone seems to be uh, raising against this movie, and I don't get it at all. Yeah, I don't get that either. Yeah. It seems a very strange complaint because I felt like The Force Awakens did a pretty good job of establishing how lopsided the fight was at the yeah, time. It was the like, Force hey, look, we have a massive, you know, military machine. The resistance is just that a guerrilla resistance, and we have this Star Killer base thing, and we have, you know, a wannabe Sith. Like they, you know, they they had a pretty stacked deck there. Yeah, and so, it was all done in secret. Yeah, it's that that was that was the main complaint that was the main complaint that I saw leveled at this more than anything else and I think it's a bullshit complaint. Nick we're all in agreement there. Yeah. Okay. Good. Glad to hear that. Um so um another scene that made me really giddy. Um it's after Leia got blown out the uh, bridge. That was another and thing that people complained about too. Her her supermaning back Superman in. Superman Leia. <laughs> I I love that. Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I thought it was so happy. I, I thought it was pretty cool. I guess her I mean, managing to survive the vacuum of space for as long as she did was kind of stupid, but whatever. Yeah, it, that's I'm happened a lot in Star Wars. Yeah. People can survive uh, the vacuum of space pretty well. If she if she had flown up to the door and then the door had just opened and she would have gone, oh, that was scary, I would have complained. But she immediately went unconscious. So I was like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. It's like, okay. So in, my mind, in my mind, she was doing it subconsciously. Well, I think here's, here's my thing. If you're going to get outraged at that, like, that's a very selective. Because some of the Force can do all these different things established in prior movies, which I'm okay with, by the way, because the Force is the Force, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not like there's some sort of cap on, like, power levels or something. And as <laughs> oh, famously spent- said in Episode 4 about, you know, the power to... De- I'm paraphrasing, probably, but the power to destroy a planet is insignificant to the power of the Force. And All you did was leave out the word next. Uh, you next didn't to paraphrase. The, next it's, to the power yeah. of the Force. Uh, well right. done. So, yes. speaking, <laughs> of, off. speaking of power levels... Um, this is a perfect segue. Um, Luke got to be a Dragon Ball Z villain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he did. When I saw that, I was like, he's going to do the Dragon Ball Z villain thing. Star Wars. I was not I I was not disappointed. (laughs) Oh my God. That was perfect. Now I am slightly disappointed of the way he got to be the Dragon Ball Z villain by not actually being physically present, as opposed to just being badass enough to tank all of that shit. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, you know, I was looking forward to a comic moment where he actually deflected a ATAT blast back at the ATAT. 
Yeah, I, I wanted him to just be so. I just wanted him to have take. I mean, he was badass, but he was badass in a completely different way. Right. Yeah. So instead of instead of just being so hardcore that he could just tank the ATAT blasts forever. He, well, was, he was just, yeah. you know, astral projecting from a, from a few light years away. Well, thematically, the projection works a lot better. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad they went the route that they did. Because, yeah. I mean, they established all this stuff like, you know, he's he's done the, he's doing the hermit thing. He had closed himself off in the force. You know, he's given up. He doesn't want to, like, involve in any of this stuff anymore. So it makes a lot more sense. And also just logistically for how does his ass get there. Um, yeah. you know, well, there was, there, was, there was an X-Wing underwater. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's true. Yeah, uh, but still, a lot of stuff happening, a lot of fast. A lot there of, are ways uh, he could have gotten there. Yeah. yeah, and the second so that was time kind of I, a fake out in a way because it's like, hey, look, guys, X, wink, wink. Yeah, and he doesn't use. Yeah, the second time I watched it, I could have, I almost smacked myself for not noticing that during that quote-unquote fight with Kylo Ren on crate, they zoomed in on both Kylo and Luke's feet. And Kylo, every time he shifts his feet, he disturbs the sand and reveals the red ground underneath. But Luke never actually disturbs the salt at all. Oh, interesting. Also, uh, the other things that, that really would make you notice things, um, his beard was trimmed and not white. Like, not was no, had no gray in it. Yeah, and his hair was short. He was wearing the same outfit from the last time, from when he... Yeah. betrayed Ben originally, and he was yeah. using the lightsaber that they had just broke. Yep, there were a yeah. lot of things that pointed to him not really being there. Now, yeah. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't quite get why he died, but well, I think the, I think the idea there is that uh, he expended so much energy to do that that, like, yeah, I, that he, tapped him out. Or he, he died because the plot demanded that he do so. Um, yeah, I, you know. <laughs> I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination of how much power he expended, and he also gave himself to the force because he would be of better use that way. Right? Well, yeah, I, I got mean, that vibe too. You know, like the whole "struck me down, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine." Yeah, thing. there were a lot of uh, parallels there. Gotta yeah. like how Yoda is still a badass even after dying. <laughs> yes, yes, he's great. So I just want to make sure I'm not insane here. Was was Yoda in fact calling down the lightning? Yes. yes. Yoda <laughs> called down the light, <laughs> the motherfucking so lightning. He radiates from beyond the grave. Yeah. And it's just it's so funny because like so many people like in in Yoda's uh I don't know, heyday prime whatever you want to call it like in the prequels when everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Master Yoda, he's great." Da da da. Like even then, like there's a lot of very subversive things about him and how he acted and how he taught and stuff, mm-hmm. but a lot of people didn't pick up on it. Now yeah. it's just like you know, it's very literal. It's like, all right, let's burn this motherfucker down. Like, yeah, yeah. turners, it's they like, were not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yoda's got stats from beyond the grave. And also, those yeah. books were saved anyway. But I don't think yeah. but Luke didn't know that. Um, right. Right. But Yoda did, in a way, tell him that he mm-hmm. said, "Ray already has that wisdom," and he could have meant literally, or he could have meant she took the books. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I liked how Yoda was back in his pup in his puppet appearance form. Yeah, like, I don't think he w- I, he was still CG, but he looked like like uh, it was um, it was an actual puppet that then had the ghost. Really, 
yeah, effect, classic, classic Yoda, which I really nice. appreciate. I did not realize. Yeah. I I thought they just you know made a CG character that looked more like the puppet, and I would have been fine okay. with that. Nice. And Frank Oz, of course, returns to voice him. Yes, which was which is good. Can't have Yoda not be voiced by Frank Oz, right? I mean, well, you can, but it sounds wrong. Yeah. Well, the guy in Clone right. Wars did a good job, but still, Frank It's Oz not Frank Oz. Yep. <laughs> no substitute. It's like, oh, it's like a lot of people can... about porgs. Sorry, if I may finish my quick joke. It's like yes. how a lot of people can do a good Kermit the Frog impression, but no one is Jim Henson. Right. Indeed. So, porgs. Down. Yeah, porgs. <laughs> They're um, adorable. Yeah, I, I had, you know, oh they, I mean, yes, they do seem shoehorned because they are, because money, because it's a business, but I think they were implemented in a way that was good. Like, they were, they were, they were cute when they needed to be, they were funny when they needed to be, and they didn't really detract from anything, in my opinion. And I love just the visual gag of that one splatting across the surface, like a <laughs> thing in a car. Yeah. <laughs> that was just so great. And I loved Chewie cooking a couple of them. And then all the ones around looking at him like, what have you done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was fantastic. He don't give up. He's like, well, no, he's, he kind of stopped eating at, eating for a little. He was like, well, I was wondering oh, if he's going to like, yeah. Because yeah, there was that one awesome. that was doing the quivering lip at him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked the Porgs because they, because they broke up otherwise dramatic scenes. Yeah, there's a without, little bit of there. without having yeah. without massively distracting from them, right? It was and I like think a, they did a good job with that with Luke too. Like whenever he told Ray to reach out, and he's like tickling her hands, like no, you dumbass, like reach out like, <laughs> eternally. Come on! <laughs> oh, I can I can feel it. <laughs> Swag. <laughs> yeah. That was nice. Uh. By the way, I guess this is another thing that I think would probably be because. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not as uh, disjointed as the troll bots would have you believe, but I'm sure because there are so many bold choices made with this, mm-hmm. that it's going to divide a lot of the hardcore fan base. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like uh, Luke, Luke's um, like portrayal and like demeanor and stuff is probably one of those things. And I loved it for one. I liked him being a realistic, grumpy old coot. You know, yeah. like. He's seen some shit, you know, <laughs> it shows. And I, I love the fact that he specifically, this is coming from the lips of Luke Skywalker himself, was like, yeah, the Jedi were a bunch of hypocritical asses, and I don't know if they deserved to exist. That was just great. I love that. Yeah. He basically went the same route Obi-Wan did, only he realized what Obi-Wan didn't is that the Jedi keep repeating the same mistakes. Right. Which is ironic because... Yoda calls him out on repeating his own mistake, although that was just him personally, not yeah. a Jedi thing, which is yeah. never in the moment. Always looking to the horizon, you know? Yeah. I like, um... I also really like, uh, what you call it, um... The quote from Yoda. It, the... I can't remember exactly what the quote is, but it's like, it's the it's the doom of all masters to be surpassed... surpassed to be surpassed by their apprentices. Yeah, yeah, unless, yeah. Like, unless I was the only Something person like that. that noticed Something that, it's like it, it's it's simultaneously their biggest joy and their and their greatest sadness is that they will they will not always be the master. Yeah. Yep. 
Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, great little gags and, you know, some levity, I love how, <laughs> and again, I'm sure this is probably one of those polarizing things, but uh, they go back to that, they basically go back to that scene where uh, episode seven ends where Ray's handing him the, the lightsaber, <laughs> and Luke's just like, nope, fuck that. Yeah, no, he, he takes it, immediately him. pitches it over his shoulder <laughs> just, and walks he, away. He doesn't even look back, he just hawks it and keeps walking without breaking his stride, I'm like, nice. <laughs> it's like, you think I went all the way out here as a mistake? Yeah. It's like nope. <laughs> Here, this lightsaber. Take pitch. It like, looks. Oh, this represents. He looks at it for a second. <laughs> uh. Yep. That was a great moment. Yeah. I liked how the tree that the books were in kind of sort uh, formed the Jedi symbol shape. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's supposed to be why this Jedi symbol is what it is. Because it Perhaps. was shaped like that tree? I don't know. <laughs> well, I also yeah, liked how the mosaic, uh, there was a, a mosaic that had uh, that had a counterpointed light and dark uh, thing around the Jedi symbol, which was really cool. Yeah. It's yeah. supposed to represent what's called the prime Jedi, somebody who is perfectly balanced between the light and the dark. You mean the Bendu? <laughs> <laughs> the well, Bendu. Well, there were theories. If you look at that picture uh closely that character in that picture a lot of people were theorizing that snoke might actually have been the original jedi because the in that picture it looked a lot like him okay which well, i thought I, I thought was a bit of a stretch <laughs> yeah well seeing as he's you know current current dark lord well currently half a dark lord of a sith um, he's not sith and now he's, he's just a dark sider now he's just two halves but <laughs> Um, yeah, he is not Sith. He is just a dark sider. Yeah. So I have a question. Yep, why, why do they have new bombers as opposed to just continuing to use Y wings? Because the new ones can draw more bombs at once. Yeah, the Y wing payloads wouldn't have been nearly enough to take that thing out. Yeah. I mean, you see the sheer number of bombs. That's why. Because a Y wing, and this comes from years of uh, X wing, Tie fighter, X wing versus Tie fighter, etc. <laughs> gaming experience here. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like they wouldn't. They even a B wing wouldn't have enough. They had to like specially design something that was I, like a carpet bomb thing. I feel like they could have made it Y wings with retrofitted a, 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 um, extra bomb bomb doors, or you know, they could have slapped the bomb containment unit on a Y wing for just a little bit of well, fan I, I like wankery. There's a different kind of uh, there's a different kind of ship, and there's more variety than just rehashing the same things because that was one of my things in uh, my criticism with force awakens was in that cl in the climactic fight over star killer and through star killer base it was just x-wings and tie fighters because those are the only two ships in the galaxy you guys like they completely ignored everything else more or less like i guess there were some y-wings thrown in there but that was about it uh i mean in this one you got to see a-wings and the ships we're talking about are essentially like modified b-wings at yeah. first i thought they were b-wings and so at this point of course the entire rebel fleet is the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I, on the upside, I, she'll make plus three point five past light speed. So, was there were there any other transport ships? Was that it? Is it like Millennium the Falcon, Falcon got the Falcon got pretty much everybody that was left. Yep. But that's all. That's all the fleet that was left in that group. They do ha still have allies in the outer rim. Well, yeah, no, but I just yeah. mean of the group that fled the 50 transports yeah. in the Falcon. Like, that's it. Like, yep, they no, literally yeah. blew up the everything. The Falcon was it. 
Okay, yeah. I, I was I was wondering yeah. if that was what they meant. Because Benicio del Toro's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I hope he's in the next movie. I I'm thinking that he's probably the Lando of this trilogy. Yeah, probably. Stuttering Stanley, stuttering Stanley. I like. I mean, he's a good actor. He 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 portrayed himself well. But then it's like, yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I I'm I'm a bad guy. And a plot yeah. twist: he was working for Howard the Duck the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> also, is is Phasma dead? Is that the idea? I, well, that's what we were led to possibly believe in the Force Awakens. So I'm not counting on it. I mean, she yeah. fell screaming like hundreds into of an into inferno. a fiery abyss. I'm pretty sure she's dead. And Boba fell into a sarlacc, but we still think he might be alive. Yeah, well, yeah. Boba <laughs> prints money a lot more than Captain Phasma does. So yeah, that's well, Phasma prints a fair bit of money too because she's she. Um, well, but she did nothing except have some shiny armor in the first one, which this is another thing that I liked yeah. about. Uh, she had the shiny last armor and had and, and had a female voice, which is a way to print money in in some uh, circles. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, but she actually got to you know do stuff in this one. Uh, apologize for being cynical. Um, <laughs> and there's well, a reason her yeah, armor yeah. is shiny and why it actually deflected blaster shots in that movie. Um, remember in the prequels, all the Naboo ships, how they were all shiny in that color? Her armor is actually made from the hull of one of uh, Palpatine's shuttles. Huh. Okay. That's very obscure and specific. I, I would say this though when she when she, when she got shot by that puny blaster I'm like ah plot armor she's literally wearing plot armor <laughs> I found that hilarious I like uh, she just dies in a minute anyway but you know I if I had to guess because of the hole in her faceplate if she survives because of her armor that part of her face is going to be burned but the rest of her will be fine yep I like it'll be the first time we see her face. I very much liked uh, how they uh, how they did a thing that I've wondered why they ha- why they don't do more often already, um, which is they had a um, they they used a Mon Cal cruiser as a ballistic weapon. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah that was like it was kind of like uh, it kind of felt like they were trying to well, just like okay guys so we had an a-wing crash itself into a super how, how do we top that how do we go one step <laughs> it's like and, okay, i know and, hyperspace and, and i'm not talking about using Moncal cruisers for that but why don't you have like what why don't you have slightly high larger um payloads that have even uh even slow hyperspace capability you know, have have a hyperspace jump engine due to, you know, the prop, the, the concept of, you know, mass multiplying as you approach the speed of light. Because it's expensive so as well. So basically why rely on bombers when you can just have like a sublight speed? Th- it's like a, 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 a basically a self-exploding drone kind of thing. Just yeah. Just kind of go. Well, and I yeah, can, and I can buy good. expensive, but why doesn't the First Order have that? Yeah, there's Order a lot of, has all you know, has has more money than God. So. There's a lot of things you have to kind of suspend your disbelief for because yeah. uh, surprise, it's Star Wars. It's a space wizard space fantasy thing. Yeah, but yes, there are a some space things like did that. it. And I will say this: my you know my <laughs> main thing was more of a general 
movie trope thing as opposed to specifically a you know arguing the physics of space wizards and pew pew lasers which was again the thing about why you know she couldn't just take uh Poe aside and be like all right listen there's a plan but for intel security reasons i can't tell you what it is you know yeah <laughs> yeah Hey, a lot of a lot of movies and a lot of shows are guilty, of it, but it still doesn't. Yeah, do, just because other people do the same stupid tropey thing doesn't mean they. Well, yeah, them hun- hundreds of, of movies have the same basic thing, wherein ninety percent of the movie could be avoided if people would just sit down and talk to each other. Yeah, <laughs> communication—it's key. Yeah, so it's a really good movie. Um, Battle on the Sand with the red coming up from the things is really, really pretty. On Crate, yeah. I gotta say, um, that's one of the uh, recurring themes with this was the the subverting of expectations. And that reminded me of another one of those moments where, you know, like we talked about earlier, where it looks like Finn's about to sacrifice himself and kamikaze himself, and then Rose comes in and is like, nope, and checks him out of the way at the last second. I was really disappointed that that, that they did that. Yeah, I was, I was really hoping that they would just let Finn get the heroic sacrifice in right. because that would have been cool. Plus it would be a great full circle moment because when the movie opens up, he's kind of back to like the beginning Finn where he's just like, I'm just want to get the hell out of here and I don't yeah. want to be a hero thing. Mm-hmm. And then he comes full circle and is willing to sacrifice his own life to, you know, save yeah, his people. I, I really wish that they had done that, but, uh, I guess well, the actor I, hadn't has contract for an, for a third movie. <laughs> I still I'm glad that they didn't let him die that way because he still it wasn't a matter it wasn't a matter of I'm doing this to save everybody. It, he was doing it for because he didn't want the first order to win. It wasn't to save the resistance. It was to stop the first order because uh, he was pissed at the first order. Well, I don't know. Uh, I, tomato, tomato. Subjective. He did not fully really embrace to me uh what it meant to be part of the resistance until what rose said to him after she saved him okay well i mean you have your opinion there i and you are entitled to it uh i mean they didn't really like come back to him so like kind of hard to see if that took Something that I saw that I thought was just sort of interesting, the AT-ATs have ha- have new design, and they kind of look more like gorillas now, kind of walking on their on their front yeah, hands. They're not AT-ATs. I forgot actually what these ones are called, and they are actually nicknamed gorilla walkers. Well, they they definitely looked like that. Now I I had no op- idea of that, but it looked like somebody had designed it because their front feet have this thing that comes up over uh, up up on the front too, like a little yeah. shield, and it really looks like. Uh, like a like a silverback gorilla walking uh, yeah, know, on there. Yeah, it's it's extra neck. support because of the extra cannon up on the very top. Okay. Do uh, you think you yeah. got him? Yeah. <laughs> and you actually, I don't. I believe in the movie you actually see regular um, ATATs next to them, and they're much smaller than the gorilla walkers. Okay. Those things are huge in comparison. Can we just point out that BB-8 is is awesome too? By the way, apparently uh, he ha- he has a coin gun. Can he lost audio again? Can we okay. nerf uh, BB-8 in the next version of the game? Because that droid is yeah. Shit. BB-8 is OP. It's very true. 
apparently <laughs> apparently he has an attachment that is, that exists purely for shooting uh, casino chips out of if he happens to be fu- uh, pumped full of them. Well, I mean, this is just like R2-D2 in the prequels all over it. R2 I'm sure that has some other purpose. We just don't know what it is. He yeah, can fly I, around and set shit on fire. I, it's still... It, it's, <laughs> it's still... It's very, it's very Adam West Batman, isn't it? Oh, hey, a situation... I have a thing. Apparently, also, he can... Um, he can hotwire an ATST. <laughs> yeah, because reasons. I, I, I liked that because it bb8 can do whatever the plot demands of him but that's okay because he doesn't get a whole hell of a lot of screen time yeah what else what else is he there to do but pull their butt out of the fight well being able to hotwire something is pretty much what astromech droids are made to do yeah exactly yeah (laughs) they are made to uh, to hotwire things and fix problems and assist with the computations for for hyperspace jumps Exactly. <laughs> I like the gag with uh, him essentially, you know, like plugging leaks with fingers is like essentially what <laughs> yeah. he was doing there. And he had to do it to like cover all the resistors out. that were yeah shorting out. That was great. And then of course his evil counterpart. Yeah, BB nine. Oh, is that who <laughs> officially it was? It is. Yeah, BB nine E. But yeah, it was just evil BB eight, which was kind of great. Yeah. BB-8 was playing Metal Gear Solid, but BB-9 was having none of that. There's really no such thing as good or evil droids. It's just how they're programmed. I'm not bad. (laughs) I'm just drawn that way. Um, apparently it was uh, BB-8 who said the "I've got a bad feeling about this" in this movie. <laughs> oh, I, I'm you played the holes earlier about you know just like oh hey BBA can do anything because the how about this how how does Ray already know how to speak or not speak but how to understand Shriwook Wookie's language or sorry <laughs> Freudian slip technically correct Chewbacca's language how how does she just understand Wookie all of a sudden it's been like de- it was demonstrated in the first movie that she just has an absolute knack for languages. Um, Which she, could just be from growing up on a junk planet. Yeah. Me, being introduced to multiple races her entire life. Yeah, I suppose. Because if you think about it, she also speaks uh, She also speaks droidic binary immediately. Yeah, yeah she understands droids. She understands... Um, uh, I can't remember the other creature's name that tried to kidnap BB-8. Tebow or Tito or whatever it was <laughs> in The Force Awakens. Yeah. She actually spoke his language. Mm-hmm. Right. Just uh, from life growing up on Jakku, probably. I speak all the languages. Oh, yeah, I thought that was a hilarious line when uh, uh, Welcome she was, to she said she was from the future. <laughs> and Luke was like, okay, yeah, that pretty much where are you from? Nowhere. Nobody's from nowhere. From Jakku. Okay, that is pretty much it nowhere. That's pretty much nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Mark was amazing as Luke in this. Yeah, Hamill was great. And, yeah, he killed it. And he got to do the thing that you won't shut up about for the EU, uh, where he yeah. <laughs> astral projects for a fight to talk to a... To talk to, effectively, Jason Solo. 
Yeah, a failed a failed apprentice. Yeah, who is Han so- Han and Leia Solo's son, no less. Um, admittedly, he, admittedly <laughs> he didn't do it while. Um, admittedly, he didn't do it while also fighting uh, in in uh, in space outside. He just did it yeah, from multiple if- light years away instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was so happy when I figured when I knew that that was going on. Yeah, well, when he got sliced through with the lightsaber, it was like, oh, something's up now. Yeah, when I saw it the second time, I was with my older sister, and when Kylo ran at him and pulled the lightsaber across his chest, she freaked out. And then when Luke was just standing there, she's like, what the hell? She actually said out loud without realizing, was like, oh, crap, I'm in a theater. She's like, what the fuck? And she immediately covered her mouth. <laughs> well, you know. Um... <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was kind of, at first, before I realized the action thing, I was waiting. Yeah. They do that to I figured, you know, after Luke said, effectively, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine, that he was just going to do the full Obi-Wan. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> again, more misdirection. I'm, yeah. That was another thing, too. I, um, you know, we talked about the scene with the uh, Crimson Guard and all that and the uh, little buddy cop uh, team up between <laughs> Ray and yes. there for a moment. And then it was like. It, in that moment, it was kind of the expectation was kind of set that like, oh yeah, Kylo's coming around. And it's like, no, I just really wanted to submit my power, and now I'm totally the leader of the New Order. So join me, and we can rule everything together. Which again yeah. is, you know, somewhat of a callback to uh, Darth yeah. Vader and Luke and Empire. Lots of yeah. great subversion of expectation in this movie, which is great. It is great things that are great. I'm yeah, shut, <laughs> shut up. Um. <laughs> We're running low on time. Anybody else have any sort of final thoughts or anything we want to so, talk about? I'm expecting a little bit of a time jump between the next this movie and the next. Well, sure, considering they have like a handful of people, uh, a handful of people. On the- um, that the kid, you remember that kid at the very end? He of used the, the force, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> he, and he he did a force broom pull. Yes. Because <laughs> that's an official power. Force broom pull. Yeah, well, you know, when you're first starting out, it, it, you only have to, you know, your your force rating's low. It doesn't cost very much experience to buy. You have to so. you have to grind womp rats to life. <laughs> that's how the most isolated gates. He's I think taking- while the while the resistance is building their numbers, Ray is going to see. Uh, with Luke's help, is going to seek out more people to start training. It's okay. The kid took a level in youngling. <laughs> yeah, that, that always turns out well, right? Nothing ever yeah. terrible happens to younglings. Yeah. And there is a slight possibility that Poe could be Force-sensitive. Well, if you go by... he He has to be if you go by... Um, official current official published material because lightsabers don't work for anyone who isn't force sensitive at least slightly that's not true uh, well, I anyone, any, anyone could turn one on 
What about Han Solo? I read it on Wikipedia, so I could be misremembering things. Because kyber crystals uh, actually resonate with people who are resonant with the Force. And they they haven't officially addressed whether or not Finn... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, anybody can turn one on. Yeah. Um, And the reason that Sith lightsabers are always red is because they have to dominate them, also according to Wikipedia. So, it's because what? It's because they have to dominate the kyber crystal and force yes. it to their will. That um, is true. So, the theory states that just flipping the switch on a lightsaber, if you have, if you have no, uh, no, if, if you have absolutely zero affinity for the force, actually accomplishes nothing. Now, that could be complete bullshit, but that is the theory. Hey, you can cut open a tauntaun and you know save your life. Well, one would potentially one potentially argues that Han Solo is also force sensitive. What with you know flying through an asteroid field and such. But um, the reason that it's believed that Poe might be is in one of the um, comics that it leads up to the Force Awakens. Uh, Poe's mother helped Luke recover a couple of saplings of the Force tree that was in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, and Luke gives her one of the saplings, and Poe basically grew up under that sapling as it grew into a full tree. And growing up near something like that could potentially awaken dormant force sensitivity in somebody, which could explain his um, piloting ability. And I lost audio again. God damn it. <laughs> it's not perfect, but, uh, you know, the system works for the most part as long as you realize you lose audio. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, um, possibilities when it comes to the whole, like, how does the force work? How does force sensitivity work? There's there's so many different things at this point that it's kind of hard to really settle on how it really works. <clears throat> in any case um it was good go see it although if you've listened through the spoilers you already have or you Hopefully. don't care so <laughs> some people don't care to be fair even with everything just the sheer spectacle of the awesomeness it would still be worth it, worth it to see yeah. yeah oh one other thing i was really happy to see it was such a minor detail but the dice on the falcon Han's dice. Yes. That's actually a callback to uh, the old Decipher CCG. And also episode four, because you can actually see them in A New Hope. Except they were fuzzy dice back then, but oh well. I don't remember them being fuzzy, but uh, I'd have to double check. But yeah, it's still pretty... Him having a couple of chance cubes there was great. Just... Really good movie. I can't. I want to go watch it again. I do too. <laughs> kind of wish uh, Billy had been able to join us because he would have been the only one arguing against us. He didn't like it. He, I, I think he liked it, but he had a lot more problems with it. I will. I will say this. Um, one one thing that does kind of um, come to me as a potential criticism is. Despite all of the, uh, despite there being you know several uh, character growth 
arcs within it. The overall plot isn't really moved forward that much when I analyze it, because yeah. it's like, it, it, the, at the end of the first, and when I say first, I mean the end of Force Awakens, the, uh, it's kind of like, hey, look, you have uh, the First Order in a scrappy, barely getting by resistance, and what will happen? And then at the end of this one, it's, hey, look, the First Order is all-powerful, and there's a scrappy resistance, and we'll do, like, nothing's really changed on the meta-macro level, really, Yeah, you know? It's yeah, but then like, nothing know, really changed. Two full movies, and almost really nothing fun. changes in in the in the meta narrative in Empire either. Right, that that made me think of comparison. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it was still an extremely good movie. Yeah, the best. It's one. mostly a character-driven thing, except for the fact that what Luke did did reignite uh, hope throughout the galaxy. Mm-hmm. They did establish that. Yep. Which was part of the whole point of him doing what he did. Plus mm-hmm. helping the Resistance escape. So, I mean, everyone just kind of took their report. They're like, hey guys, this is how it went down. Because it's not like they're broadcasting. That's well, just word spreads. Yeah, you know, it goes back to what you said. Maybe you need to be the legend. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that was good. <laughs> I Let the uh, speculation commence for episode nine. Yeah, episode nine will be a thing that happens, and people will be in it, and other things along those lines. So, um, next we have to look forward to is the solo movie. Yeah, I do believe that this will be the last episode that uh, Geek Fans Anthology has for the year of 2017. I'm going to try and have it up here tomorrow. We're recording this on Sunday, uh, so we will return early in 2018 to talk about things and, and perhaps stuff. even stuff. This has been Neil. Mike. Mm-hmm. And Wookie. And we will talk to you next week on Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter H and the number 34. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. Interstitial this week was the Star Wars Overture by John Williams, butchered on homemade kazoo by Neil Cordray. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by donating on our website, or at Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. Remember, the Force will be with you. Always.